for us i gotta find i gotta find the things that i need for it man i gotta call nicole yeah. kidman up uh anybody who regularly hangs out with us um do you do you like that intro or at this point is it just would you rather us just start like just yeah. boom we're live and we're going or do you like having a little ditty going on beforehand uh we are always open to suggestions here um yeah, unless, unless you have a really bad opinion about a movie and then we'll tear you to shreds but uh hello mccurdy we don't have nans this week so if you're only here for nans just leave it's fine we'll understand um what are you gonna do nans is why people watch this show uh are you frozen or am i oh i froze probably for two seconds there we go now i'm back Right, I'm gonna I'm gonna uh, jinx it, but uh, I'm gonna jinx Johnson it. But uh, hold on, hold on, I gotta show that real quick. SB, dude, SB saying the intro should be "Goodbye Horses" from Silence of the Lambs. <laughs> Wait, was that a song in the movie? What is that? Yeah, good, but yeah, when he's dancing and he's like, and he's like, he's like, yeah, I'd, I'd blank me. You know, I'm gonna say that <laughs> so we don't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. we should do that with Nans. That should be the intro. The best ever for that song is in, uh, I think, Clerks 2, right? Where, yeah. where uh, uh, Silent Bob turns it on, and then and then Jay just goes, ooh. <laughs> and then <they're> <laughs> putting on the lipstick. Uh, yeah. Okay. Oh, hey, Nance. Uh, yeah, he's in uh, New Orleans. He, he sent Nolans. a photo today. Uh, actually, I'm gonna let me just pull that up real quick because it was okay. it's, uh, worthy of remem- remembrance. Um, McCurdy, tell me how you're doing so I could while I find this photo. How I'm made. doing? Yeah. How I'm? Well, you know, works, works, work is going. Okay. It was slow starting this year, but you know, it's starting to pick up a little bit. Nobody wants good. to hear about work. What are you? <laughs> <laughs> you I'm working much- on it. I'm working on a script. I don't know. Like, what do you? What do you want to know? I'm- uh, I'm just filling time, dude. I'm, I'm just filling to- time. Uh, I mean, I'm ready to talk about this movie, you know, when you same. are. But, but I, now that I, now that I've committed to this, I need to follow through. Okay. All right. Uh, okay. Tell us about tell us about uh, Live and Let Die, the parade people, and Live and Let Die, real quick. Why am I telling you this this story? Do you not Why? know what photo Nan sent? Never mind. Okay. The people. Oh, is he at the location? The, the greatest assassins in Bond history. Are the, the funeral a, a procession. Parade, a funeral procession of uh, 100 people that all show up to, to take out one guy. And Nans went and stood <laughs> at the corner <laughs> where that Legendary. Place, right? That's awesome. So, yeah, obviously in the movie, the guy stands there and they all walk up and he says, whose funeral, uh, funeral is it? And they stab him, put him in the coffin. And then, yeah. Yeah, so hey, Gabe, but, it's not my know. audio. It's it's probably Chucky. It's not me. What's wrong? I don't know. They're saying something's wrong with my audio. Well, why would that be my fault? I don't know. He clearly said, "Fix your audio, McCurd nuts." Uh, I don't know. My hand leaves and everything goes to hell. So yeah. So you know. Oops. Uh, tell us though, Mister Gabriel Ramos. Uh, Oop. what? It, he says it's your specific. Nicholas, I, that's fine. 
For me, so. your audio is fine. Okay. Well, thank you, Nikolai. I appreciate that. Turns it reversal, Mr. Ramos. It was you all along. What 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 are you listening on, man? Uh anyway, okay. Let's yeah, show on the road. Let me uh let's, let's talk get the about, show on the road. Let's talk about this movie. Shazam. Shazam. All right. Shazam, Fury of the Gods does what good sequels do best. Take the premise of the first film and crank up the stakes. In this case, instead of some guy looking to steal Billy Batson's powers, like in the first film, this time it's the daughters of Atlas looking to take back the stolen powers of the gods from Billy and his super siblings. Same thing, but bigger. Sometimes with sequels like this, the spectacle overtakes the plot in a way that diminishes the core of the story, which is, of course, Billy still struggling with his place in the world, both as an orphan with a new stepfamily and as a superhero with the heart and mind of a child. This sequel rides that balance well. The difficult task of giving us the exact same thing, but not so similar that it comes across as lazy, but not so off the mark that it fails to deliver what we can now say a Shazam movie is. An action-filled comedy about school life, family life, and a legitimately hilarious take on what might happen if a group of disparate orphans were given superpowers. I say all of this full well what this is. Not a graphic novel film, but the quintessential comic book movie where ridiculousness is welcomed, including the most shamelessly hilarious candy product placement since E.T. ate Reese's Pieces. I know that's like the go-to comparison always, but like, it's true. No, it's, it's spot on. It's spot on. Let me just go into it, McCurdy. I got to be honest. I fucking loved this movie. <laughs> oh, good. Good. I had so much fun. So happy. It. Now, again, is it, is it? Is it dumb? Is it like the yeah, it's got is, dumb is it like Spider Man? Is it Raimi level? No, no, but but I had a ton of fun. I thoroughly enjoyed it. And I, yeah. I wasn't expecting it, but they they did such a good job. Of, and that's the same same goes with the first Shazam. It's a it's yeah. a it's a fun movie. It's not some masterpiece, but it's hilarious. And they took everything and just lifted it up just enough to where I mean, even something something as simple as now they have, you know, they celebrated having a layer in the first one, and then yeah. we get back to the layer, and it's just kidified. It's just yeah. like the ultimate hangout. Like that stuff is great. So I, I, I loved it, but it's not like I put it up. You know, no, you're not going to put it. I, yeah, it's not Infinity of Pool superhero movies. No, but but like, yeah, really enjoyed it all the yeah. same. Flaws and all. Flaws and all. Yeah. So why don't you tell these folks uh, about the movie? Story. I will save that to the end, but let's get into it, yeah. shall we? Getting ranked project. I need to change that to just say get ranked project 2023, as we should call this show. Right. Sure. Yeah. All right. So let's we talk about here. You know, let's talk about Shazam. Shazam, as we called it on on uh, on uh, the production of Shazam Fury yeah. of the Gods. All right, so Chucky, I'm gonna start off by giving you a little little history lesson on the character of Shazam. Okay. So first off, we got Captain Marvel because originally he wasn't called Shazam. He wasn't called Shazam. Uh, so Chucky, I'll give you a little quick history lesson. Good, because so I know nothing about this character. So he's an interesting character for a couple of reasons. But uh, Shazam was originally called Captain Marvel. And he was created by artist C.C. Beck and writer Bill Parker for Fawcett Comics, going all the way back to 1939. 
Fawcett was a rival company to National Comics Publication, which today we all know as DC Comics. So Fawcett. Easter egg. Easter egg. Yes. Yeah. I, I, you hear that, Fawcett that, City. That, that's that's where that comes from. Yeah, that, that stuck with me. I was like, why is that Fawcett? That's, that's something. Yeah. So, okay, cool. Yes. So Captain Marvel actually during, he actually beat, Superman. Wait, 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 wait. Sorry, sorry. Was it Fawcett? Wasn't it Fawcett High School? So are they? In I think a- yeah. I think it is Fawcett High School. I don't know if it, no. They're in Philadelphia. Yeah. It's Fawcett. But- yeah, you're right. Fawcett High School. You're right. Fawcett's not like a suburb, or, like because no. they're in Philly. Like the, the high school is in Philly proper, right? The whole story's in Philly. Also, I got to pause real quick. SB, I hate you so much right now. <laughs> just, just so much. <laughs> I will get into why I hate you later. But God damn it. But just know. Just know. You're hated. You're hated. Right now, I love you for watching the show. I also hate you. <laughs> All right. So uh, Captain Marvel beat Superman as the first superhero to be on the big screen with the serial films Adventures of Captain Marvel, which you have see there on the far right. Uh, and while this and then also, sorry, this led to a long. I'm getting off point. Hold on. And in nineteen at and at one point, Captain Marvel was outselling DC's Man of Steel. So Captain Marvel was super popular with kids. Like he kind of solved that problem that comic books had at the time, where like comic book writers were like, "Well, he they they're not these superheroes are you know these dudes. They're not like little kids like our readers." But he, this one kind of changed that, where you're like, "Oh, you can be the Man of Steel essentially by being this little kid, and you turn into Shazam, turn into Captain Marvel." Yeah, that, that's what. In a nutshell, it's a yeah. little kid who turns into Superman. So while, so anyway, this also led to a long legal battle that ended with Fawcett publishing the character, or no longer fum- publishing the character of Captain Marvel, uh, and in through all of this, while the dust was settling. Uh, DC had bought the rights to Fawcett and began to publish Captain Marvel, but they had to change the name because while all that was going on, Marvel Comics actually had trademarked the rights for Captain Marvel. So there's another Captain Marvel, which we all know from the MCU version of Captain Marvel. And it gets really, it's it's really confusing, but basically all you need to know is like DC, they bought Fawcett Comics, they own Shazam now. They don't call him. They don't call him Captain Marvel anymore. They used to for a, a point in time in the comics, but the titles of the books were always called Shazam. What and then to the yell? did he? He would yell Shazam. Like that was the thing that he still yelled as Captain Marvel. He would yell yes. Shazam. So okay. he would yell. So yeah, and that's also what's so in the that's, story. That's the joke then of the, yeah. him not being able to come up with. A he name. doesn't know what his name okay. is, and that was the joke in the first movie. They 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 yeah. continue that joke in this film. So okay. that's just so you are all aware of those things as you're watching the movie. You're like, what is this? Okay. I mean, it makes Shazam. Like, yeah, it doesn't. Uh, again, I'm Mister Ignorant with this character, so it, it doesn't matter that I didn't have that context because it's still funny because it's the joke is little kids trying to come up with a really badass superhero name and they just can't do it. They just keep yeah. coming up with goofy stuff. But, but at the end when he's like, so, so what's my name? And he's, he says, well, your, your name should be Shazam. He's like, Oh, <laughs> oh okay. Yes. You know, but then you uh, never say your name. You never just be like, hi, my name's Shazam. Yeah. Cause then you, you can't do that. Cause morph, then you would turn, you get hit by lightning. Back. Yeah. Uh, all right. So moving on. I am hearing a little fuzzy thing, by the way, in the background, but we're going to keep going, guys. We're power just going to keep power through. So we got the writers here is Harry Gaydon and Chris Morgan. 
Uh, these are the writers. Gaiden wrote the first Shazam movie, and then he's also wrote films such as Earth to Echo and There's Someone Inside Your House. On the other hand, Morgan, uh, on the other hand, wrote all that. He's written most of the Fast and the Furious movies, starting with Tokyo Drift. So he's he's so all those references that are in the movie where he's talking about like it's all about family. Like that's yeah. that's that. Yeah. So, okay. you know. I mean, that all is right. the the meme, obviously, of yeah. the Fast and Furious movies is the family it's thing. Family. So. But yeah, Chris Morgan wrote the Fast and Furious movies. And then he's like, I'm going to use my own meme, put it in my own movie. So yeah. that's funny. Going all the way back to those the, that film. All right. Next up, we got the director, uh, David F. Sandberg. Um, Sandberg is, is a Swedish-born filmmaker who gained notoriety to uh, for his award-winning no-budget short film, Lights Out, which stars his wife. This film was later made into a feature film, which led to his career directing the second Annabelle film, Annabelle Creations, which from all accounts I hear is a much better film than the first Annabelle. Okay, Annabelle is in this movie, and I and I wasn't sure why. Yes. So that, that answers the question, but yeah, they're at one point they're in a... Uh, it's in, it, I have it in on the slide here. Okay, okay. So you caught it, but... I don't know. Were you there? Were you there when they when they did that? You, I wasn't there for that one. But I knew that 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 was in the trailers, and a lot of people had spotted that out at the time. Okay. Are um, we, are we say? Uh, did you say we're saving that because we keep referring to it? You're. I yeah. I, I will talk about it more. But yeah, I worked. I got to work on this movie. Um, but I'll I'll go go into more detail uh, okay. when we get to the band. We we can talk about it a little bit. Um, and it's yeah. So yeah, Sandberg, his wife Lada, also has a cameo in this movie. She, you know, when the when Shazam saves her, saves the woman, and she's like falling, and she's like, "I need a hero." You remember that scene? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's his that's wife. his wife. That's okay. his wife, um, yeah. who was also in that lights out short. Damsels in distress in this movie, and yeah. I, you know me, I'm like, yeah, that's great. Yeah, I, you know that 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 never gets old, no matter how how much people want to pretend that that shouldn't exist anymore. Those people are are inhuman and stupid. Lots of it going on in this, and and I I laughed out loud when he caught her, and and he, you know it, the 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 song is I need a hero, and he's like, did I really just save you while you're listening <laughs> to this song? Like the the sense of I'm all about this sense of humor of this movie. Yeah, but these 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 two movies, they're they're just spot on for what they. And are. then Sandberg actually has a cameo as well. If you catch it when all the mayhem's happen and all the monsters are coming to popping out of their little cocoons mm. one of the flying monsters picks up sandberg he's a right. guy like dressed all in black as a beard and like tosses him funny so yeah you definitely he's in this movie and then yeah, if i'm oh yeah there's the annabelle doll in the yeah in the pediatrician's office and then you can also uh you can catch him on youtube he has a youtube channel called pony smasher uh so after you're done here check out his youtube channel he has an entire video where he flips you off for four hours and he has a tutorial to show you how to make a video to flip off the camera for four, four hours. Uh, but he also has a lot of stuff about <laughs> making movies. And, and it's really it's a really good channel if you're into filmmaking um, and just want to kind of see behind the scenes for somebody who's like a, a, you know, a pro filmmaker talking about making movies. It's pretty cool. All right. SB, Next. SB approves of Annabelle creation. Yeah, I've, I, I started the first one and I could not get through it, um, but I've heard the second one's much, much better. Uh, also, he, uh, he wants he wants you to just shut up and talk about Gal Gadot. I, I will, Zach. I will talk about Gal Gadot. Please continue, sir. But I'm talking about Zachary Levi right now, so I, okay. I apologize. Zachary Levi returns as 
Shazam, alongside Asher Angel. I think you would call it Angel's Angel, but I think you pronounce it Angel, right? Uh, he who plays alter ego Billy Batson. What's that? I, de- depends. I don't know. I don't know if he's yeah. If he's Hispanic, it would be Angel. But if it's I have no if idea, it's, he's just Angel. How about Angel? Uh, anyway, I'm Levi. Weirdo. Yeah, you are. Angel. 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 Uh, Levi is most widely known for playing the titular character in the TV show Chuck. And then before being a part of the DCU, he was a part of the MCU and he played Fandral in Thor, the Dark World in Thor Ragnarok, where he gets killed. So he's in he's in that movie. He is in Uh, Ragnarok. I thought they just he's in Ragnarok. Yeah, they kill them all. They kill them all in Ragnarok, but he's in Ragnarok. And then um, he was and then on hell was he's he's 20. He's been acting since 20, 2008. He was in a Jessica Chastain movie as Jolene. That was his first his role, first starring role. Next, we got uh, Jack Dylan Grazer and Adam Brody, who play AKA Freddie Freeman slash Captain Marvel Jr. slash Shazam Jr. So yeah, Chucky, the uh, Captain Marvel Jr. reference. That's that's what that is. Captain Everyman Jr. Every power in the comics, he was called Captain Marvel Jr. Uh, Jack Dylan Grazer, what's that? Never mind. Just keep going. It's that. It's a That's... 30s, 40s thing. Yeah. Just yeah. run with it. Just keep going. Yeah. Jack Dylan Grazer returns to play Billy Batson's foster brother and best friend, Freddie Freeman. Grazer is the nephew of producer Brian Thomas Grazer, who founded Image Entertainment with Ron uh, Howard. So another Nepo baby, everybody. Wow. I yeah. Mean, and I didn't know Nepo... that. I thought that was actually kind of interesting. Yeah. And another Nepo baby who Nepo nepotism is irrelevant because he's good he's just good at everything he does you know i i also i just kept getting jealous watching the movie because he's this high school kid with with a curly fro and i was like that was me back in the day that was you yeah that was you just take me um take me back and of course you've also probably seen him in the two it films as eddie uh casbrock is that how you say the characters less casbrock and then adam brody on the other hand, returns as Freddy's alter ego, Shazam Jr. They're a good pairing. They're, they really are yeah. a good pairing. Yeah. Uh, I so remember Brody best from the early 2000s show, The OC, where he played Seth Cohen, a comic book nerd. And then Brody had oh. also been cast originally. This is great. He had been cast as The Flash. And he was going to play The Flash in George Miller's Justice League Mortal. And that was back in 2007. Hmm. But because of the writer's strike and the studio decisions, they just canned the project. But they were like... They had gotten him in costumes. Oof. They were gonna film. They were ready to film. They were gonna it film in Australia. Dream. It's coming true, and then they just they said, him. "Yeah, they just decided." Okay, in real life, is he a, a comic book fiend? In real life, or I no? don't. I'm not sure. I don't know for sure. Else. But I mean, he's been in a bon- a bunch of. He's been kind of cast in those comic booky roles um, ever since okay. I think the OC. But yeah, he was he was gonna be the Flash, and he would have been a really great Flash. I think he's maybe a little too old now. Yeah. But uh, obviously he's he's in this movie. So, but yeah, he finally got his turn to be a superhero. Okay, Brody Brody has uh, has said in an interview that he did in fact test suit uh, yes test suit his version of the Miller's Flash WB during the pandemic released images of what the film would look like. Yeah, Dude, I, that little image Miller's down there. There's a little um, image down here. That's him in the suit, but you can't. It's really hard to see, so you can't okay. really tell. Oh. Uh, yeah, but yeah, it would. He Another was. He's great. He's great. Uh, next, we got Grace Carolyn Curry. She plays in the comics. It's Mary Marvel, or now they've called her Lady Shazam. 
Uh, but she's playing she's playing both versions now. Yeah, I don't know if you noticed yeah, that. It, like, yeah, I, I remember reacting in the first movie, going, "That's really funny. She looks exactly the same." Yeah, but but not. And then and then this one, I was going, "Wait!" Be, watching this movie, the sequel, I'm going, "Wait, wait! Did I have that wrong? Was it yeah. her the whole time?" But now I see you have the image right so there. So yeah. she originally Michelle uh, Borth played the adult version, but. Okay. Partly because it just didn't make any sense. Because in the first movie, it's like, well, she's already like eighteen. Like, if she, if she, if the idea of turning into a Shazam character is that you become like your older self, they like that doesn't make highest, sense. They say your greatest potential. Greatest potential, right? Like, so then yeah. you would just look exactly the same. So she's already like eighteen. I mean, yeah. obviously the actress is older, but like, you know, that doesn't make sense. So they just decided, yeah. you know what? She's just gonna be. The same in this you're, one, and they you're you're so so at the moment that you match, you're you've, yeah, you've reached your greatest potential. So it's like it's just all downhill from here. Oh my god! Like, <laughs> but uh, if you watch, if you look closely, I'll mention this because of the costumes and everything. They changed the costumes. There's actually a, a flashback in this movie that they had to reshoot from the first movie, where he breaks the staff. Yeah, the the and it's mainly because they updated the costumes. They wanted them to look a little more. And they reshot that. Yeah, if you watch the it movie, looked, they because totally the scene where he snaps the yeah. the thing, they had to they had new costumes in this movie, so they wanted to match it to the new costumes. And because the actress is the same, I want uh, you to read this comment. If McCurdy Shazam, he becomes Dolph Lundgren. All right, <laughs> I don't know how that's gonna work, dude. If I if I Shazammed into Shia LaBeouf, I would be honored. I'd, I would I'd be like, yes, I would yes. Shazam into probably like Dustin Hoffman. Or yeah. Jeremy Renner, like those yeah, are the two that I think on, I look though, the most like. Before you move on, you know how yeah. uh, when um, when chicks are are uh, turned on by a fella, they uh -huh. utter the word "daddy." Okay, mommy. Okay, go on, move on. Next. Slide. All right. <laughs> Next slide. God. Move on. All right. Let's talk about the villains really quick in this movie. The daughters of Atlas, which are new characters. They're not in the comics. They created new really? characters. For the movie, okay. they're not in the comics. And I'll kind of talk about why in a bit, little bit. But first up, we got Rachel That's Zegler. Interesting. She it's plays scary. Athena, a.k.a. Anna, in this film. Mm -hmm. uh, Zegler is an up-and-coming actress. She broke into the business on a role of Maria in Spielberg's remake of uh, West Side Story. Uh, Spielberg was impressed with her. She, I think Spielberg put like a Twitter like casting call thing, and he saw her YouTube video that and then he's like that's who's playing Maria so wow. she like came from nowhere basically and yeah. then she was in this movie and then next year she'll be playing Snow White in Disney's live action remake of Snow White hmm. so she's in there uh, also Lucy Liu I don't have to say much Kill Bill Charlie's Angels moving on and then we've got Mirren uh, Helen Mirren plays uh, Hespera Sorry, Lucy Liu is also sorry. Lucy Liu plays Calypso. I should say that first, Calypso, okay. and Helen Mirren plays Espra. Uh, again, a legendary actress. She's been working a long time. She's a lot of stuff, but she's been in the Fast and the Furious movies recently, and she plays the Shaw brothers' mother. So she there's a connection with another connection with Fast and the Furious, which makes right, a lot of sense. Right, right. I vaguely yeah. recall that. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. she's in that movie. Okay. Uh, then we got the rest of the 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 Shazamly. The Shamley, uh, and I won't spend too much Shamley. time. The Shamley, <laughs> as they like to call him. Uh, you got Ross Butler and Ian Chin playing uh, Eugene uh, Coy. 
Uh, Megan Good and Faith Herman play Darla Dudley. It's one of my favorites. My daughter's favorite character. Yes, SP. Yeah, uh, she was in Excalibur. Helen Mirren yeah. was in Excalibur. I'm actually doing a video on Excalibur right now. So, SP, I'll, I'll be sure to get you a copy of that. And then uh, and then DJ Cotarona uh, and Javier Armand play uh, Pedro Pena. Uh, DJ, so DJ uh, Corona, Cotarona? I don't even pronounce it. You know I put your names. It's all good. Yeah. Uh, he actually was going to play Superman alongside Brody in that Justice League movie. Really? So they both, like, yeah, they basically pulled two people that were going to play superheroes, and now they're playing superheroes in this movie, which is cool. kind of cool. Yeah. So they, so they were both in that. They kept then we, phone numbers. Yeah, they were like, yeah, Warner Brothers, we can call these guys up. We were going to have this guy play Superman. Maybe he can play the strong, the strong uh, Shamlin, Shazama, Shamalama. Okay, let's move on. Uh, foster parents. We got uh, Cooper Andrews and Marta. Mommy, uh, Molina's uh, return to play. Yeah, play Victor and Rosa Vasquez. Uh, Cooper is actually an Atlanta native where the film was shot. And he had actually started behind the scenes as like a boom operator for can like the sound boom operator. And he also, that's how he transitioned to acting. I've apparently uh, a bunch of stuff, but he was on the walking dead. Like he had, yeah, a, I mean, everybody he has a role in the walking dead. He's the, he's the lovable big fella, you know, yeah. in, in walking dead and this too. Like he's just, he's just that guy. He's like, he's that guy in high school. Everybody just adored, you know? Yeah. So, um, uh, I obviously, you know, uh, before not getting ahead of ourselves, but this is one of those movies where a little bit more of everything would have been good, but then it would be a three hour movie. So, yeah. you know, it's like I, we get just enough of him, but he's great. Yeah. Uh, and then uh, here's a little here's a little tidbit, a little cameo. Uh, and I did I should mention Diedrich Beaters in this movie. I didn't make a um I didn't make a slide for him like he dies early on in the movie, but he uh spoilers. Oops. Uh but he actually voiced Batman in, in a bunch of cartoons. So like there's that, but it's not that important. Uh Wait, he did or someone else? Yeah. No, Who he did? did. The the guy who's like the teacher, oh, the teacher character. Uh and then wait, here's wait, another wait. cameo. Yeah, from like Third Rock from the Sun. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. No, he, he wasn't in Third Batman. Rock. He was in. He was in Drew. He was in the oh, Drew, uh, uh, Drew uh, Carey the, show. The Drew. Yeah, and like. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He would do his line as it anyway, right? Yeah, but he he did the voice of yeah. Batman in Batman: Brave and the Bold uh, cartoon series. So if you hear that voice, he's got that Batman voice. Uh, yeah, yeah. Another superhero related to this story. Uh, and then we've got 1970s Billy Batson is in this movie, and he's really easy to spot. I've got this photo here with Zachary yeah, Levi and the actor Michael he's Gray. Out. He's one of those yeah. guys that I was like, he's somebody. He's somebody, you know. Yeah, and, and, and they're like, he's got to be something. Yeah. yeah. So there was a television show in the '70s that was Shazam, and so he was. It was like, let's put him in the movie. And obviously, you see him. There's a scene where he's easy to spot, but he's like in a crowd of people that are talking with Shazam as he's fighting the bad guys in this movie. Uh, yeah. And then we're getting to finally, we'll get to everyone's favorite Wonder Woman. She returns in probably maybe her last appearance as Wonder Woman. As of yet, we don't know. Uh, yeah. the, it's still out on that one. But Gal Gadot returns as Wonder Woman in this film. And this was partly to play off the Superman cameo from the last movie where Henry Cavill, due to scheduling conflicts, he couldn't be in the movie. But oh, okay, so in this you, movie... You see her twice. You see her twice you see in her the movie. Twice. And the yeah. first time, they did the same thing they did with Superman where they just cut him off at the head. 
you know? Yep. And so, and that's played for laughs, but then she actually shows up at the end and, uh, you know, Billy Batson as, as most fellas do, uh, has a crush on her. So he kind of, he, he, he shoots his shot as, yeah as the, the young peeps say these days, he shoots his shot and, uh, his and shot. Then she just kind of runs off. But, and um, when they shot the scene, she wasn't actually there. And I know this for a fact. But she wasn't there. They actually had to get a double. She couldn't be there for, again, scheduling reasons. So they shot her stuff later. But they used a double for her that was in the same costume. So they matched that stuff up later on. And uh, But yeah, you can't really tell in the movie. It, lo- it really looks like they're she's right so, there. It's so amazing. it's a double. She's in shots with them. But I mean, like in that shot that you have right there, is, is that green screen? And, and they're behind they're just they just green screened everybody in and she's walking away yes okay so she is i mean it it seems like when it comes down to it it's like uh, it's like the mustache fiasco with with superman where they're everybody just seems like they know they know that this this isn't the mcu where they all will do whatever it takes to make it work they they all seem to be like Hey, look! I can't make it. Can't you just do some CGI wizardry to make it look like I'm there? Like they just nobody gives a shit. And, and, and nobody on on the DCEU team gives a shit right now, and it kind of shows again. Well, Henry Cavill refusing. That's his mustache, that's what that's true, and that's not true. But it, it's a lot of there's a lot of more studio politics that are in play right now, and to go into no it would be a long. That would be a whole story. But I mean, you're not. I'm saying you're not completely right in that statement but you're not completely wrong on the the, on the other hand so but yeah yeah so then but going to talking about like connecting all these movies i don't know if you watched the end credits did you watch the mid credits and the end credits i did and they didn't make any damn sense any sense to you i knew that okay so the one at the end is obviously an echo of the first movie which was yes it's funny the the end credit scene is the same thing for these movies it's a dude in a cell with a caterpillar but but this one didn't make any damn sense to me. I I will enlighten you. So so Please so do. I. Uh, so Chucky. I don't know how much you watched of the other DC films, and I'm guessing not as many. Uh, so the mid credit sequence in the film brings back Emilia uh, Emilia uh, Harcourt and John Economos. Those are the two char- characters. They're from also in the show Peacemaker, which is fantastic if you have not watched that show it's great okay. it's one of the best dc things that they've made it was written by james gunn also the suicide squad written by james gunn these are two characters that are basically to simplify it for you they're like the mcu version uh or like they're the dcu version of the shield agents or uh whoever the sh- the shield agent from the first couple of okay. marvel movies it's like that they're they're shield agents they're argus okay. agents in dc uh hardcore also made an appearance in black adam which in the comics is the villain of shazam and was also referenced in the first film they made like a slight kind of like somebody who wasn't worthy of the powers had the powers at one point but between these two films there's no true connection other than the fact the wizard was in black adam and which was also kind of one of those like they they these movies should have been connected and they weren't which is a huge disappointment but uh again that's that I think that had more to do with what The Rock wanted to do with the DC property versus what anybody I, else wanted I, to. I, I, outsider, I don't know I'm all the details. Gonna, as an outsider, I'm just going to reiterate my point, which is 
it, it, and this is this is the optics. Regardless of the truth, the optics is that nobody gives a shit anymore, and they're all just like out, they're out. It's like the last day of school, and there's a couple people still in the building, and they're just like, uh, I guess, I guess maybe we like steal some stuff before we leave. Nobody's here anymore. Nobody cares, yeah. as Nico yeah. just said. And credits were cool, but pointless because it's it's over. You know. Well, I don't know, Nico. I don't know if the mid credits are and the end credits are completely pointless and i'll kind of i i will elaborate maybe pointless start. <laughs> smart ass <laughs> all right and then finally uh talking about that end credits yeah that you had already talked about it brings back uh end credits is, is also there's a weird end credit scene sequence that brings back mark strong as dr thaddeus savannah and the villains from the uh, from the villain of the first film and the character mr mind who's a freaking caterpillar again comics are weird right uh, this scene is partially a gag that is a spoof of the MCU's constant in credit sequences that are constantly leading up to something from film to film. Originally, now the writer writer Henry uh, Gaiden had written a sequel uh, with Chris Morgan where these two characters were the villains in this movie. However, the more they talked about it, they realized that these characters, because good screenwriting, usually the villain is a uh, is going to have something to do with the theme of the movie. And they these guys really kind of felt like it didn't uh, service the story. Because on the show, we as we talk about, the story is usually king. And it the idea that Billy Batsman's natural growth didn't really work with these characters. Hence why they created the Daughters of Atlas for this movie. Because well, no, there's a, this whole the, theme about holding too strong onto your family. And also, uh, you don't, you don't, you know, they open his story opens up with the imposter syndrome. He's like, I don't yeah. think I'm deserving of these powers. Yeah. They just kind of came to me. And then that's what those daughters of Atlas represent. They're like, these yeah. aren't your powers. You just, just some wizard gave them to you. We're going to take them back. They were ours to begin yeah. with. So, uh, so that all, that, that's all there. Like, that's, I, I appreciate that stuff. And then that's, that's coupled with his fear of, being aged out of the system to where his foster parents will probably just say peace see you, you know later and uh um and that's all that's all good like i i just i i i appreciate these movies for that again they're they're not instant masterpieces instant classics or anything like that yeah uh, so far as superhero movies go but just really enjoyable and this was just an extension of that first one and so yeah it was weird to have the end credits be the same thing twice it was this but it was funny. Thing. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's funny. Yeah, it's just funny because like he's, he's like, there. wait, he's still in it's prison. been two years. Yeah, it's just like come, like the caterpillar's like, hello, it's me again. He's like, he's like okay, <laughs> what are we doing? He's like, uh, I gotta go, and he runs out. So, like, it's, it's ridiculous, and yeah. and I I like that. I this movie has a lot of ridiculousness, and it, it's uh, as I said in my intro, it's welcomed. It is welcomed by me. Now we gotta we gotta end right on this right so it's no secret i've already kind of talked about it i was i worked on this movie i got i'm not in the credits so if you go to look in the credits i'm not in the credits because i was what's considered a day player and an additional crew member so i was only there for a certain number of days what's that the blowjob boy right don't say that (laughs) don't say that you know what i'm uh, referencing right you know what that is no yeah. Oh my God. Okay. Well, now I have to explain it because is it a Jamie it Kennedy bad. playing a PA type thing? No, it's uh uh oh crap. What was the uh speaking of Aquaman and all that? Uh, what was the um uh the show Entourage? Right. 
Mm. They they go and visit their director friend, and he's like, "This this person does this, this person does that," and uh, oh, that's uh, that's the blowjob girl. And they go, "What what does she do?" Oh, she gives blowjobs. <laughs> oh my <laughs> so god! It's not, it's not like it's a porn set or anything. It's just no. a girl <laughs> like that's her job. Anyway, entourage oh my is god. the peak of uh, of of unpc and uh, fantastic. You're killing anyway, me. Moving on to more mature. So anyway, let me just, I'll just briefly talk about like my own experiences on the movie. And if you want to ask me a couple questions, that's cool. Um, First off, uh, David S. Sandberg, really nice guy. He's always very, he was very quiet on set. Uh, I think he's even said something, uh, the fact that he may have some kind of autism, but uh, he, but he was very quiet. But I, at the, like the very end of the movie, I did run up to him. I did say, Hey man. I really like all your. I like the last Shazam. I thought it was really great. I hope this one turns out really great. It was really cool meeting you yeah. and working on this movie. And he's like, I, you know, he was just kind of like, well, I do, I do too. And like, you know, like really cool guy. Um, Zachary Levi. Cool thing about him was like every day on set when we're in between setups when they're setting up the cameras and stuff, he would always bring a Bluetooth, like one of those Bluetooth speakers, in a boombox, always playing music. Basically, you know, some classic classic rock classic 90s rock type of thing so we'd always had music playing which was nice um you have questions for mccurdy don't know i can't i can't i I, I will say this i can't say too much i feel like i'm not i'm being very careful what i can say don't answer what you don't yeah 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 but uh and i worked in a like it was cool as uh i got to be there for the opening scene so some of those photos are the scene where the where Helen Mirren and, and Lucy Liu come in and they steal the staff back and yep. everyone turns, starts killing, trying to fight each other and turns to, turns to dust. Chaos. Um, so chaos. I had Literally. to, one of the jobs I had to do was after they shot that scene, they had to, we had a bunch of the extras and they had to all freeze, right? Turn the rocks. Yep. Well, I had to, they had to pick their extras. They had all freeze. And then I had to take them to, they had the VFX department had like this special scanning device, which is basically 200 cameras that are in a circle. So they had to remember their same pose that they had. So we had to take pictures of all the poses. And then when they went into the VFX scanning, they took those photos. And then when they would go back to do the movie, when they were editing the movie and putting it together and doing all the VFX, they had to replicate that so they could do that pose. And then like, you know how it gets all like smoky and stuff. Like it wasn't like that at all in the movie. So there, yeah. it's definitely weird watching it because I'm like, yeah, that's not what it was like. But that, uh, but that's a that's a that was a whole set that was in there uh, that they built. And that that building's actually based off a real building in Greece, and there was more to it. Like there's actually deleted scenes that I remember being a part of that I as I was watching the movie. Like, oh yeah, that's not in there. Like there was a, I think there was a sequence where they like they're walking to that building that they cut out of the movie. Uh, there was a scene that there, there's a, there's a sequence where she remember where she like, she's like, Oh, she's hung over like Mary, Mary Marvel's hung over. Yeah. Yeah. There was a scene that took place explaining that whole thing. But like they, they took that out of the movie. I think it was mainly for time. There's just a lot of stuff that they probably shot. They had to get like rid of. They, they probably covered all their bases and then had to shave everything down yeah. in two hours or whatever. And, um, um this, this but I, is, and then I, lot, there are so many threads in this story that they they probably had like a three hour running time at some yeah. point. You know, and there was um, there was some stuff that like, a lot of that stuff they shot on the street. I was there for that with the, all of the monsters and running around. Like I even remember them shooting that scene where the the they run the Minotaur over. I remember I remember being there for that one. Uh, 
there yeah i was there again i was there for like when they had the different gal gadot on set i think some somebody i know had posted a picture of it where like they the the other the the double of gal gadot i remember doing that so i was there for all these like little pieces but i wasn't there for the whole movie so it was still cool to be like going into the movie and be like oh well this is what the movie's gonna look like kind of thing um which was nice you know like just not actually uh uh like seeing the whole movie uh as a finished product and everything and then you know and and that was the same with like everybody who works on it that's the that's the cool thing about movies is i think that like you know we'll critique movies and you know you can say all you want about the films but like being on set uh and doing your work that doesn't i don't think that takes away like you can still work on a crappy movie but i don't think that takes away from your actual work that you put into doing the movie because you have no idea you have no control over how the finished product's going to be you and i have talked multiple times about how all it takes is one person not pulling their weight to bring the whole thing down and that's just the nature of anything that is such a massive it is if you've been on a film set it is the only equivalent is a military operation it is and that's that's why i love seeing them because everything has been thought of i mean i remember having discussions with with younger producers going you're not thinking right you need to be your mindset has to be covering all the bases at one time so when people show up somewhere there needs to be signs on everything saying this is where you need to go why because that saves time so everybody suddenly knows where they're going uh, uh, a sign on the elevator that says you're going to the third floor, right? Oh no, people the, it's in the email. They'll see it in the email. Nobody read your email. And if they did, they don't remember anything. There has to be a sign that says go up to the third floor. And then yeah. at, at the third floor, maybe there's just like an electrical cable over the hallway. Oh, it just people will step over it. No, no, no. That needs to be taped down and with a, with a piece of carpet over it because yeah. Because most people will step over it, but w- one person will trip and fall, and then you have you have a problem, and then that wastes time. Not only is somebody hurt, but that wastes everything. Is about saving time. That's why yeah. it's like a military operation. Yeah. You're feeding people. You're taking care of their like poop like poop something poop. that I think some people don't know is like when you, we do lunch, like every six hours you you get a meal. So they have lunch six hours, and it's mandatory because of union rules for yep. but not for me, but like for other departments, there's they're in unions, so they have six hours in. You get a lunch. Well, then when they do lunch, we have to count a last man, which means like the last crew person that goes to the line. And once they sit down, that's 30 minutes. And that will tell us when we're coming back from lunch, not just we call for lunch and then 30 minutes because not everyone would get a chance to eat all their food. So that's kind of how that works. But again, that's that's also just so we make sure we're saving time and money and doing all that stuff. It's all money and time. SB, you're on deliverance two this summer. It's happening. Um, okay, so uh, uh, oh, and then I also was gonna. We, I, we do have uh, an Rachel. Rachel Zegler gave me a hug. That was cool. Is she the um. She, she was mommy? the one who played Anna. No, no, she's the one who played uh, Anna Athena, the the chick that's Jack's girlfriend character. Oh, the villain, the third daughter, yeah. the third daughter of Atlas. Yeah, she was really nice, but also again, like she's an up and coming, like nobody really like she's one of those actresses that like she was when they filmed this like she's a john west side west west side hadn't come out yet so yeah. she's like she's yeah. starting to build her career up. yeah a whole bunch of stuff but i remember like out. the last day of filming she gave me a hug and i'm like i just met her i'm like so she's just yeah. really she was just a sweetheart but like every yeah I, I couldn't be happier to work on this movie and i'm like 
liked it because yeah it was a lot of fun working on it like the couple yeah. days i did and just seeing kind of see, seeing what i saw and then like seeing the final product is just like wow this is so cool so i i just i had i had myself a little giggle fest to myself in in the theater because oh, i no. this i just I'm just aligned with the sense of humor of this movie. Um, uh, anyway, uh, Nans, Nans, Nans reacts uh, from the grave. <laughs> yeah. well, uh, what did he say? All he said was decent to pretty good range. The first one's definitely better. So that's it. Okay. That's uh, the man of few words. Nice and uh, concise. Um, I, I had... You know, my my expectations were just probably poisoned by um, just general DC ness, and mm -hmm. then um, and then you know having just rewatched the first one, uh, I think K one a couple comments were saying the same thing. I mean, oddly, there, there's a straight up reference to Big in the movie where you know they're they're on the piano like that you play by standing on the keys. Yeah. Uh, so it's aware that it's you know that same kind of story. Um, and and like I I love the core idea, which is a superhero who's actually a kid. Not only is it, you know, fantasy for for kids directly, um, but the sense of humor is fantastic. And the sense of humor, it, it just overall, these movies are definitely definitely a, a they're they're the uh, DC equivalent of Spider Man, you know, where yeah. a, a, a high school teenager gets these incredible powers. Um, with the same sense of humor of like pop culture references and all that uh, cut with a little bit of Dr. Strange, obviously with the wizard stuff, but I mean, even down to when the movie ends, when both Shazam movies end, they do the same thing that the, the new Spider-Man movies do where it's like a high schooler's notebook and it's like all these fun drawings and it's, you know um, it's just really kind of ADD and, and it's fun. It's, it's a lot of fun. Uh, I, I think just at this point, Marvel just does uh, like at this point, they they just Marvel cares more because I think they empower people to care. Whereas DC, I again, as an outsider, I just think DC is being pulled down by WB in the same way that Marvel would would have been pulled down by whoever was controlling their stuff before. Yeah. Uh, they started Marvel Studios, you know, and, and again, think, that's me not knowing anything yeah. other than the optics and the optics are WB just keeps screwing this shit up unless they let someone just do whatever they want. a la you know, Nolan or something, but they just, yeah. they, they seem to be dropping the ball on this and we're already seeing a, 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 a reboot or a reset or whatever, which, you know, five well, years well, ago. Part, part, like, let me, yeah, just so that you're aware. Now, just so I can shed light on your like your thought process. Basically, part of the problem is Warner Brothers has owned like unlike Marvel, Warner Brothers has owned all their characters, um, starting all the way back to Superman and Batman in the nineties, right? Like they've owned all of those characters. So because of that, they're also under the Warner Brothers regime, and like some of the characters have had different people have owned those characters. Like Michael Usland owns Batman's the screen version of Batman, right? Yeah. That's part of it. The other part of it is in, since they've started doing like their DCEU, Warner Brothers has gone under different regimes of heads of the studio. Different people have been under different plans. So at one point, their plan was give everything to Zack Snyder. He's going to make the DC universe. And like, obviously, talking, we just, I'm just going to leave this up while you keep talking. We, what are we keeping up? It's agreed. Agreed. Charles. Charles. I'm just going to leave this so, up while you keep talking. 
so while that's been going on late the, the lot recently uh they had a merger with discovery and the head of discovery decided okay look dc has been a property that we've definitely screwed up as as a company we need to like fix this so instead of so they basically gave the reins of the kingdom to jim or uh, james god who, who wrote suicide squad and peacemaker and they also gave uh uh to peter's uh peter zaffron peter zaffron yeah peter zaffron who's the producer on this movie and producer on many of the more successful uh, dc movies that have come out so they have now decided they're creating DC films as its own separate branch and, and Warner Brothers. And right now we're in this weird transition because this year we're having four DC movies coming out all at once. We've got, we last year we just had a uh, uh, Black Adam. This year we have Shazam. We've got uh, Blue Beetle, The Flash, and I think they're an Aquaman. Like they, they're they're releasing all of what was the last little bits of what they had just prior. And they're trying to kind of connect. Some of this stuff is going to kind of connect possibly to whatever they're going to do in the future, which they've already kind of announced. They're doing a new Superman movie with a new Superman. They're doing a lot of new stuff. But I think some of the stuff, like possibly Shazam, they might continue. But they've also announced that they're like, oh, if we have something like the Batman that's not connecting with our DC universe, that's just going to be an Elseworld story, but it's still be a part of DC universe. Yeah, I know. You're not a comic book guy. I get it. But for me, I'm excited about it. It's a Frankenstein. I don't think it's 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 a goddamn reset button. It is, but that's what they're doing. Well, I'm saying I'm saying that's what they're doing is they are doing a reset because they are creating all these new characters and a lot of stuff that they were going to do, like Wonder Woman three. They put a kibosh on it, like we're not doing Wonder Woman three because we're going to start fresh. So I'm I'm excited to see what they do in the future. I don't know how what they're going to do with Shazam because Shazam's kind of been in its own little pocket at the same time and almost been like fans of the DC universe in a way. So we'll see where they go. I don't know, but um, I'm excited. Let me just say, I'm excited for, for the future of DC. Dawn of justice. I, and I, we've talked about this at some point, maybe with Ant-Man or something, but Dawn of justice, I was like, yeah, we are. Okay. Yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead. Dawn. <laughs> I, I really worked on this one a lot. I, I thought Dude, about this one. What a what I a difference though between like my whole point with product placement. Like it's okay if you set it up and you pay it the fuck off and taste the rainbow, motherfucker. Was that was my favorite like, part of the movie? I had so much glee. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so uh, for those of you who haven't seen it, um, I. Again, don't don't watch this if if you still want to go see it because it, it's a great moment. But uh, they set up that the the young sister, the uh, what's I can't remember her name, but it's she's Darla. Darla's the young sister. Darla is uh, uh, she's all about unicorns and she's all about Skittles. And that and, it ruins her <laughs> like, sister's pants with the Skittles. And it, uh, yeah, well, and then she, she also is trying to feed Helen Mirren Skittles. It's as all like set a, up. It's a, all a, set a up. Snack. Like it's all set up and. And and like what little kid doesn't love Skittles? So, so then they uh, they're like, how do we kill all these mythical beasts that have been unleashed on the on the world? Uh, it's like you know they ask the pen, what what are these beasts afraid of? They well, they're afraid of unicorns, that's for sure. It's like okay, well, where do we find a unicorn? They they and and they're uh, it's like you have to understand unicorns aren't actually like in uh, the whatever that show, My Little Pony the, or whatever, yeah, or whatever, yeah, they're. 
they're fucking terrifying. So <laughs> they, go, they go find a, a unicorn and it's like this disgusting, like raw black beast, like running at them. And she just throws like this, like just like this, like throws it turns a bunch into a Skittles, Skittles commercial. It's, it's it, awesome. it turned it straight up turn and, and Skittles has fantastic commercials. I don't think yes. they could pull this off if Skittles didn't have such a great yeah. ad campaign. Yeah. It really does suddenly turn into a Skittles commercial. And she's and to the point, you know, she straight up says they're not, they're not holding back in that, in that regard. She straight up says, taste the rainbow. And the, and the unicorn <laughs> bends down and starts eating Skittles and like immediately is, is broken. Right. in in horse rearing terms, like, uh, is, is owned by this little girl, little girl again. What, and what little girl doesn't love unicorns suddenly is riding down in downtown Philly ramming <laughs> ramming these mythological beasts through they're piercing the, them they're they stabbing yeah, them with their horns with the with the the unicorn horn like through the heart and and as that happens she just goes taste the rainbow motherfucker <laughs> <laughs> like it was uh it was so uh, it was like she's she's such an angel the whole time right so and it was it was it was odd that they said taste the rainbow twice. They they probably should have yeah, picked yeah, one yeah, of yeah. them, but yeah. they're both so good that I understand why they kept them both because they're both funny. I was laughing again. This is where the Baskin Robbins thing, my Baskin Robbins rant in Ant Man, uh, is legit. It's like you guys did such a good job of 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 uh, making it blend right. Like all yeah. I care is that you make it blend, uh, and then they drop the ball. At, with the possibility engine because that was a dumb joke but with this it was like it was set up very early on and paid off in like the biggest laugh i've had in the movies this year so far with these rainbow motherfuckers so, <laughs> like I was, I was all for it i was all that for was, it yeah by um, far my favorite mo- part of the movie yeah uh, so yeah let's like let's I, you know i don't know where we should go from here but maybe let's just say Blair, like let, let do me, we have an idea where we want to rank it at least and then maybe we can talk about that? let me let me quick pull up the sacred list <laughs> so uh we're at infinity pool creed 3 megan missing scream 6 ant man and the wasp quantum mania magic mike's last dance knock at the cabin playing cocaine bear um i uh uh, and I'm biased, so I. But I did have like thinking. I actually thought about it. Like I had my own bias because I worked on the movie, right? But I had my own thinking as I was watching the movie, and I'm like, I think it's here. And it sounds like Nans is kind of in the same ballpark. Uh, so I was gonna say I think it was better than Scream Six. Yes, I enjoyed I it more than Scream Six. I think it's a better like Scream Six has a lot of shortcomings. I think this movie has less shortcomings. This you movie. Wanna... If you've been listening to Chucky Rants lately, this movie continued the essence of Shazam, whereas Scream 6 did not. Scream 6 doesn't like Scream 6 is um okay, what would be the equivalent? It'd be like if Shazam suddenly if suddenly we cut to Billy Batson is 35. Right? Yeah. And it's like, uh, like you could do that. You could pull that. That, that would could be an interesting story. My point is, there is that Shazam is all about little kids, right, who have immature minds but yeah. good hearts, become superheroes, right? Yeah. They get to live the, the ultimate fantasy. Um, I mean, you're talking to the fellow who wanted to be Spider-Man his whole life. So, uh, you mean uh, you mean Frodo? Uh, 
remember, well, that too. But remember, I, remember I, got the, <laughs> I, I said on the live stream at some point, I got the Peter Parker Award uh, oh. in, in high school. Where be, and the, the reason being, I was always climbing everything and taking photos. You, so, were, um, you were doing that. Yeah. So, uh, parkour. Parkour. Yeah. So anyway, so uh, this would be like if Shazam 2 was Billy Batson is now 35 years old and he's basically just Superman. It's it would be the same story as Superman. Yeah. You'd be like, no, the essence of the first one is it's a little kid, and all the humor stems from that. And that's what Scream Six was. It was, let's do, let's just have all the killing and slasher stuff, yeah. but without the the meta film commentary, yeah. which is the point. That is the essence of Scream. So suddenly, suddenly it's like they're trying to get rid of their essence. And I'm sorry, you can't do that. I'm sorry. Yeah. You know, it's not like Bond where I'm all about, you know, it's like, oh, it's a Bond movie. It's not a Bond movie. Now, fuck all that. Bond can do different things. Bond doesn't always have to be the same thing. Scream has to have yeah. meta film commentary. Otherwise, it's exactly what it's always making fun of, which is franchises that go on too long and 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 all the tropes become stupid and ridiculous and predictable. So it's becoming it's own fucking worst enemy and it drives me nuts because i you know especially because we've been getting comments on some of those videos being like uh uh like i, I mentioned on the other live stream it was like uh, but the box off it did really well at the box office i'm like yeah so did twilight but if yeah. you're a scream fan it's you could maybe say it's a guilty pleasure because it's ghostface killer doing his thing but that that's my whole point is that it shouldn't be a guilty pleasure it should be bringing it it should be uh it should be self-aware of what it is and it's not so anyway so getting off the screen um do you think it's actually better than the other because now i'm thinking about it more i'm like i think it might be better than megan the highest i have it is three because i megan just doesn't have that completeness missing and megan don't have completeness where Creed, I'm saying Creed it's better than Megan. Yeah, I'm saying I'm agreeing with you. I'm it, saying it's where, where like every act is hit, whereas Megan just becomes dumb robot movie at the end. Yeah. And missing just it gets kind of awkward with the whole kidnapping thing. Yeah. Um, again, for the millionth time, love the messaging and the themes and missing and Megan. But um, I don't I, you know, Creed three just outclasses Shazam. Yeah, it's just, it's a much more it's a much more. Yeah, it's a more. uh adult story and it doesn't have to it's not a i guess it's just because it's not a comedy but it's like i don't know it's a much more serious story i think this movie is a lot more this movie is a blockbuster it's a fun movie like yeah it's it's going to be slightly judged differently but i do think it's not uh it, it i think the heavier moments aren't as heavy as they probably could like i think the first shazam's heavy moments are really freaking heavy with child abandonment like yeah you know, but this is where, more where, like, like yeah, where his mom is straight up just yeah. like nah, I don't give a shit about you. Yeah, you know? this movie, on the other hand, it's more like I I have that family childhood trauma where like I have to hold on to my family because I I don't want my family to leave me and I'm like I'm scared about this and at the end of the movie like he does every like he sacrifices himself to save the world because he's like I care more about my family. Yeah, you know, but like that's he's still up that's had, still a uh, good moment. He has a that's what happened to superman superman had to uh sacrifice himself and then you yeah. know he has his own jesus thing three days later or whatever he comes back yeah. uh and they did the same thing here but it's all um uh the family stuff just really uh works for me because it's yeah. you know they're, they're all these um now, now the only the only thing with that if and this is where i, I i'm not 
super strict. I'm not like, this is bullshit. Cause, cause yeah. the movie does a good job of being really fun, but uh, it from uh, 1990 or 1991, whatever it was the it miniseries from back yeah. in the day. Yeah. Yeah. All of the adult actors spent time with their kid counterparts and they would adopt mannerisms. They would just kind of communicate and you know, how they were going to approach the character so that there would be a, a common thread. So you could easily pick them out. And with this, it's, it's odd because um, old or old uh, Shazam Shazamed Billy acts like more of a kid than kid Billy does. Kid Billy is very serious and yeah. Shazamed Billy is very juvenile. And that's, and that's kind of true with all of them to, to, you know, to where I'm like, did they spend time together? Did they all really kind of, you know, cause whereas with it, they really care. It's like, we really need everybody to feel like their counterpart. Um, not, not the new it's cause the new it's the second one blows a hard. Yeah. Dick. But, I, I, yeah, I agree. But, but the I original agree. one they made a point. They made yeah. a point of like, we're, we're, we're really going to, um, uh, this is serious business. Whereas with this, I, I, I got the sense that they weren't spending time together because again, I feel like the, I feel like the Darla sinking. I feel like, yeah, I feel like the old Darla, I feel like the old Darla and the young Darla work really well. I think Adam Brody, Adam Brody and Jack uh, Grazer work really well. I yeah. do agree with you. I think, I think Levi's character goes a little too, the Shazam version of Billy goes a little too much in the humor and the immaturity. Whereas Billy, but also I will say that Billy doesn't get a lot of scenes in this movie. Like if you remember the Nor first one. Nor does Brody. It's like they, it's like based on the, the yeah. first movie, they were like, okay, uh, everybody loves Shazammed Billy yeah. and everybody loves unshazammed uh, Freddy, right? Freddy, so yeah. you get a ton of unshazammed Freddy and a ton of shazammed yeah. Billy. And that seemed like they did that because of popularity as opposed to what was best for the story. Uh, even though maybe it worked out fine. I in think, the end, I, think it, I think it, I think it was purpose. best for this story because it, it made, I think it made sense. Yeah, yeah, I think I, it, I think it worked yeah. and I think it does make sense. I just think because I basically think because Jack's story, but yeah, but Jack's story was like, yeah, Jack's story was more like Freddie Freeman and like him meeting this girl and like trying to impress her, but he yeah, like wants to be great. his own superhero and like all that stuff. And so they have to focus on that. Well, this one, it's like, we're going to focus more on Zachary Levi as Shazam because that's what people came here for. We want more superhero, we less origin story kind of thing. I do feel like, yeah, we get, we don't get a lot of Billy Batson scenes in this movie. And I, and yeah, it's, he's not in the movie as much. I think, yeah, because Zachary Levi's Shazam for most of the movie. Yeah, it would have probably been nice to have maybe one or two extra more Billy scenes. So he's not always Shazammed, but. Like if they had gone, for instance, like if they had done the scenes where they're in the Rock of the Eternity and they're not all Shazammed out, like maybe that when they're in the Rock of the Eternity, maybe they revert back to their kid versions of themselves. But I, I wonder if they were thinking, I wonder if they were worried that like, oh, that would be too Power Ranger-esque if we did that. So that could be a reason why they decided. I don't know that for a fact. I, I but, also wonder you know, if they, uh, you know, we never, there's never a time where everybody loses their power or... Because okay, the whole thing for anybody who hasn't seen it, the uh, the the and what I appreciate about this as a sequel is that they take something trivial from the first movie and that inspires this whole uh, this whole story, which which is great. That's exactly how a sequel should be: is just take something small and just blow it up. And all it was is that the staff that the wizard uses to give 
the Shazam powers. In the first movie, Billy breaks the staff in a in a moment that you don't even think twice about it. You're like, oh yeah, he did that because it was like, okay, now we have these powers permanently, and bad guy, you're never gonna get them from us. Like you, yeah. you, you know, uh, you're screwed now. But uh, the way this opens, as McCurdy mentioned, is that uh, they go to a museum. Uh, the the you know the bad guys the 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 bad chicas they go to this museum they get the the broken staff they have the wizard mend it and then now they have the ability that you know the the staff now can just take the powers back again because uh the powers originated from the Greek gods right and the Titans and all that so and and they were stolen by the wizards and it's just it like the story is this big complicated mess that does make sense and uh no matter how like crazily complicated it is, it's, it's another one of those stories of all you need to know is they can take the power. So they start taking them and then, uh, but then they'll like get them back here and there, but there was never that moment. Like, okay, again, lots going on in the movie w- properly should have been three hours long to get everything in there. Yeah. Uh, you know, normally there would be that, that moment of uh, they all lose their powers, but then they figure out a way to, uh, you know the power was inside of us all along and they figure out a way to to best the bad guys without the powers and then they get the power get a little bit of and we get a little bit of that with the taste the rainbow bit like yeah 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 like yeah. and you get a little of that just uh like here and there but you never it's never where the ultimate all is lost moment would have been we're we're doomed because none of us have powers or yeah. or everybody loses his powers but billy um and then Billy is, uh, or, did he? What at the end? At the end, when he goes to face Lucy Liu, was 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 he the only one with powers at that moment? Yeah, Shazam's the only one who has powers at the end of the, by the end of the movie. Billy, okay. yeah, everybody loses their powers except for Shazam by the end. Says, that's when he says, uh, "Who wants to get their power back?" And they're all like, "Yay!" Yeah. But um, but but uh, uh, but there's never that moment where they've all lost them and they have to work together without them. But like, you know, it's not like it was necessary or whatever, but I, I um, could see it. I could see it being necessary if the story is like, I don't feel like I'm worthy of my powers, which is kind of what they talk about. And then, you know, then he doesn't have his powers. But then you realize yeah. that like Billy Batson is smart enough to realize that, like, yeah, this is what we have to because the whole movie is about like, Billy, you're not that smart. And then he realizes that, like, no, it's it's been you all along. Like, you have the potential yeah. to be this. And, yeah, like, I wonder if they could have done that. But I I do like kind of how simplistic they go with this movie where they're just, like, he's, he's the last one. He has powers. And you know that, like, like he's facing up a foe that he hasn't faced before because the last time he just faced somebody else with the same power set he is as him. This time he's facing off against, like, like an actual god. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it makes it, you know, it's like, you know, so there's that, but I, yeah. I get what you're saying. So I think, like, even in there, like, as we're talking about the ranking, I could see where it's not as good. Obviously, it's not as good as Creed, but yeah, as far as just a uh, straight up blockbuster comic book movie, it kind of blows almost everything out of the water. So I, I think, I think putting it at number three is a pretty solid choice. Yeah, it's it's no doubt it's above it, as far as you know the two comic book movies on the list. It's definitely better than Ant Man. Um, and even you know we we were uh, uh, last week we were talking about because um, I think it was SB was saying uh, what is you know what is it that puts Scream above Ant Man and I was like even down to something like that moment at the end right where the two sisters so the whole sister arc is yeah. the uh, 
um, you have to stop controlling me. I, I, I have, I live my own life. And then they, they take that and they have this beautiful little uh, visual metaphor of, of they're in the theater in the end. The older sister is holding on to the younger sister who's dangling over that balcony. And she's saying, you have to let me go. Right. You know, the, the you know, the obvious uh, visual metaphor there. Um, but it's great. Cause it's like, it's because it's not just you have to let me go and I'm just going to fall a couple of feet. It's I'm going to fall on the bad guy who's going to stab me to death. So yeah. it's like, okay, sis, here's the knife. I'll let you go, right? Obvious double meaning, fall down, and she has to defend herself. And um, that was something that Ant-Man didn't have. And that's something that Ant-Man could have easily had was, again, the, that whole story should have just been an adventure between Cassie and Scott. And we didn't get that at all. It was muddled down by a bunch of bullshit. Um, and but this one does have that moment, and it's just a very simple moment between him and his foster mom, where she's just like, "You're, you, you are part of this family." Because the whole the whole first movie is maybe I'll, you know, he says at the end, he's like, "Maybe I'll stay," you know, and he's starting to warm up to them, and uh, uh, so maybe I'll stick around for a bit. And then this one is like. Well, once I age out, you're just going to replace me. And, and, you know, she's like, no, honey, like you're, you know, you're here to stay. So, yeah. and that was a sweet moment. And I, I don't know if maybe in the longer cut, there could have been uh, something else in the home, you know, like just to, to, to further pay that off, but it didn't really need it. It worked well, you know, it was a, um, I, except I don't understand why the dad wasn't standing there with them. I understand that he more so has mommy issues because his mom straight up abandoned him. His dad was never in the picture, but uh, you know, his, his foster dad is just like standing in the background <laughs> as this really emotional scene is going on. And I'm like, yeah. why can't he be standing there? Why can't both yeah. the parents be, you know, it could have just it was, been the frame. I think it might've been the, uh, it might've been just the framing of, of where they had the blocking of the scene. It could have just easily been that. And just they didn't think about it. The time, he's but just who such knows? a big guy that they'd have to re. You know, he's like so tall and yeah. just he's just he's just a big dude. Yeah, yeah. Um, I uh, the other um. Well, let me just jump back to that. I'm gonna I'm gonna jump around a bit now. The um, the opening was the only moment where I was worried because okay. that museum um, museum tour guy. I, I, I started having cocaine bear flashbacks because that's like, <laughs> I, yeah, I, I can see that. Too. You know, it's like, I was like, oh, oh no. Like I, at first I was like, oh, oh God. But the moment that everything, again, like the, as soon as we, we got right into the antics of, uh, you know, the kids, uh, we get right to it where the kids walk out and they shazam and they fly off. Like that's, yeah, uh, that's all. It's terrific. a beautiful day out, um, guys. You're like, yeah. okay. Tickle furthers. Yeah, it's a beautiful day in Philadelphia. Means we gotta go kick some ass. You gotta go and, save um, the world. World. Yeah. And like they, like the media doesn't even like them. They're like these guys are the the the, the Philly fiasco. Philly fiascos. Yeah. Why did they blame great. the bridge collapse on them though? Was it just I don't know. Typical. I don't know. CNN you know, just, like probably CNN, or, Fox News. You know, you know my take on Wolf Blitzer showing up. I'm like, can't you? I know that's why I put it. Hold on, go back, go back to that. Do CNN? Well, remember, you have powers now. I, but I'll do it for you. Oh, oh, I have powers in there. Yeah, I did put him in there because I knew you were going to complain about it. 
Charlie's whole it's, thing. It's, Chucky Rance doesn't like the idea yeah. that CNN is in movies because it's like now you're breaking the fourth it wall and now they're that not they're nothing more than actors. They're not journalists. They're actors. They I just, they I don't just read the, the news to you that. But you I know, feel like they, they do they that with a lot of movies because I think they do that with a lot of movies because they're like it. It it's something we complained about in Plane, right? One like it was a minor, not Plane. It was a knock at the cabin. It was a small minor thing that we complained about, but like. The news stuff in Knock at the least Cabin. They looked, shot original news stuff. It looked it terrible, looked, but at least but it, it looked was like original. garbage. It looks like garbage. Yeah. And so when you put when you put Wolf good. when you put Wolf Blitzer in it, it's like now it feels like real because you're like, oh, like he's a real news guy. Like it feels real. So I know you yeah. co- complain about it because politics and all sorts of stuff, but I like I'm just like whatever. And it's you know as CNN usual, is owned it, by Turner usual, and it doesn't it's all, matter. It's what your politics are, whether it's Fox News or CNN or MSNBC, the moment that, and I, I get it, I get that you would want to use CNN branding, but can't you cast an actor and not have it always be Wolf Blitzer? Can't get, why is that so hard? And, oh, because that guy on news, I know face, he read news to me. It's, it's, it's so insulting. <laughs> it's just them, it's, it's them flaunting the fact that they're all bullshit. Like every every media outlet just flaunting the fact that it's all just fake. It's all bought and paid for. And so you have to have Wolf Blitzer there being like, yeah, so the Philadelphia fiasco. Like he's not even into it anymore. He's just like, it's like what he does all day. He's soulless fucks. Ugh. It's, it's, it's just I just love it. I just love about this. Here you go, You're idiots. So angry. Here you go. So objective angry. journalist in a movie. Just, You're so angry. Self-aware. I put their, that. I knew. I knew when I saw the movie. And the the moment I saw him pop up in the movie, I was like, "You knew you would hear this." Where's your? I fucking, knew you I'm going to hear some hat. complaint. Where's your fucking from tinfoil Chucky hat? Rance, and I was like, "I'm going to put it in the Chucky." Oh, where's my hat? Hold on. Oh, okay, so, I got my hat out. Hold uh, on. There's my hat. Speaking of which, there you go. Nice. Speaking of which, um. Yeah, uh, so we talked about imposter syndrome, but they they repeatedly say Billy has no wisdom. That that's what that's what just kept coming up. It was like you have which the, is weird. The, the strength of Atlas and the but wisdom, speed of Mercury. But Charlie, you know. tell tell me, let me ask you this: Wisdom is it isn't like knowledge? It's not knowing facts. Wisdom is more it's experience. Um, it's experience. It's like it's like giving someone like this is what you should do, but it's not like me where I'm like spouting off all these facts. Like it's not knowledge. He doesn't have yeah. the knowledge of Solomon. He has it's the wisdom which, of Solomon, yeah. which they don't make that distinction. I kind of wish they did. Like they kind of wish they said like Billy knows the right, like the right thing to do. Like he, he knows he has a very, you know what I mean? Like he, they should have said something along those lines for the rest of the night. Um, oh my yeah. God. Yeah. It's, it's, uh, they, they refer to it a lot and it's, um, I don't know. I mean, if he if he suddenly had the wisdom, right? Or or I mean, let, call it maturity because it is experience. It would yeah. ruin the character, right? But the whole thing was that people kept, uh, you know, all these characters kept making fun of him because he has imposter syndrome. And that's why it works. It works because yeah. he feels like he shouldn't have these powers. He's not good enough, and so there's just this constant uh, reminder um, that he's he's not enough and because he has all these other powers, but that's easy next to knowing what to do and when to do yeah. it, you know, and, and that's, and that's, that's, that's what's more of, wizard, and he knows, but like as the I movie, well. like he's yeah. like Billy Batson, I chose well. And, and the, the, I like those moments. And, and then, and then he, and then right after that, you get, 
you know, his mama. But in the end of the movie, he does the right thing. He knows, like, he he has the foresight to be like, no, I've got to, I've got to do this. Charlie, the stream is cutting out. Yeah, everybody's just talking about uh, the fake news. Just the fake. Didn't they say fake news in this movie? I didn't. At um... some point, yeah, because he he's complaining the tribute because they're no, it's because they keep saying all this bad stuff about the the superheroes, and he's like, Yeah. yeah, the fiasco five or whatever, and yeah. Yeah, then uh, he's like, oh, it's fake news. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so. Uh, but then, okay, beyond that, the wisdom thing, the, okay, so speaking of the wizard, the other can't stop laughing, uh, I'm annoying everybody in the theater moment beyond um, Taste the Rainbow, motherfucker, was uh, when he, so he has a dream that he's on a date with Wonder Woman. And, <laughs> and you know, it's like this whole drawn out affair and then all of a sudden wonder woman turns into the wizard but it's the head of the wizard but with the body of gal gadot and uh, you know gal wonder woman and uh yeah. i mean like i i loved that <laughs> like i just like that's exact, that's what i mean the whole brand of humor is just this it's all from the perspective of a, a young kid it's just no it's it is the spider-man movies of of dc and uh just that sense of humor is is just fantastic and it's it's uh i i probably had you know that that's the thing the first movie just has that completeness because it's an origin story and uh and it's it's the first time he has these powers but this one just took that sense of humor and just blew it up and that you know that's what's um that's the hook for this and somebody asked uh what now like where does shazam go from here are they ever going to even make another one? Are they are they done with these for now? I don't I don't know yet. Again, like here's the thing. Like I said, the guys who are in charge now, Peter Safran and James Gunn, Peter Safran produced this movie. So the chances are it's a possibility they're like, no, we're gonna continue the Shazam character. He he made money, he's successful. Because people like I've I've read this before and other things, but they they make this point is that comic book fans will say oh well this doesn't work this why did they bring henry cavill back and like people forget their movies they still follow the rules of like if it's a good movie it makes money they're gonna probably make a sequel to it this movie and yeah uh uh, the question is though is this movie gonna make enough money uh obviously ant-man scream megan megan's gonna make a sequel missing's gonna get a sequel you know they still follow that rule the question really is is this movie gonna make enough money and there's some concern that it won't and i think some of that is because of the negative press that the whole dc reboot has discussed because why would i go to a movie if i know that they're not gonna make any more of these movies you know like it's just because it's that yeah well it was like well even uh George Lazenby is saying he's not going to come back. It's like, so then it's like, well, are they not making more, you know? Yeah. So I do worry that it's not going to do well at the box office. I do think this is a good movie, but, uh, but this isn't about the box office. This is about how well the movie was. And I'm telling you, you should go see this movie. If you want to have a good time at the movie theater. Now, remember McCurdy, uh, your opinion is irrelevant because box office. office, Oh, okay. That's all that matters. Got it. When it comes to a movie being good or not, we, for some reason we kept getting that uh, that exact word irrelevant. Yeah. Your opinion on Scream is irrelevant. 
because box office which well you know, your opinion on the movies you know. is too relevant because you're you're like no one cares like no one cares like everyone has it's like it's like the old saying everyone opinions are like assholes everyone has one like you know yeah the p- point is is like what are you doing with that opinion the point is with us we are discussing the movies in great detail as far as like the behind the scenes and like yeah. why we believe that these things work and why they don't work it's a different different whole different can you story. can you hear an opinion and then can you beat it down that's what this whole show is about it this is a debate yeah. show and uh if if your response to an opinion is that's wrong you go okay i'm listening why yeah. why is it wrong because uh because everybody else thinks so okay group think that's not going to work here uh box office okay box office is uh, just a good marketing campaign can defeat the box office. What else you got, you know? And uh, so, yeah, that's, that's one of the things where this one maybe isn't the um, uh, maybe this one does deserve to keep going this series, but yeah, you know, you have all these other problems going on with DC. Um, it's just, we'll have to wait and see. I think they, I think really if the new Superman movie is a huge success and I think we might see a little bit more, like the new DC stuff becomes more and more successful. We will see this movie potentially come back. I think they're just holding their cards to see like the coming futures. Cause again, like I said, the this year is going to be weird because they're going to have four projects that are all coming out. They're all DC movies that are all coming out the same, like this year. Yep. And then, it will have a little bit of break from DC for a little bit. And then we'll have, we'll start hearing about what's coming up next for DC. So it'll be a little bit of time before something happens. Yeah. Uh, people yes, don't appreciate I, I, standalone comic book movies anymore. They want to connect to universes movies, which is a shame. Logan was a standalone and quite good. I agree. And I disagree. I think there's fun things that you can do with universe movies, but I do think you have to have good standalone movies. The movies themselves have to stand on their own to be really good. And then when you do, connected universe stuff i think it works better if if you do really good movies and then you have a movie where we bring all everybody into another movie i think that is fun but like i think what gets what we get bogged down to it and now we're seeing that with the mcu now is movies are now not becoming their standalone movies now they're sequels to multiple movies like we talked about earlier this uh what was it we saw ant-man and the wasp quantumadium i had to explain a bunch of movies to understand what the hell is going on and in this Ant-Man movie? Man lost out on that. They sacrificed yeah. Ant Man for the sake of Kang, and they didn't need to do that. They could yeah. have just done an Ant Man movie where Kang's the bad guy, and then maybe explain that stuff later. Like again, in everything I talked about in that episode, it would have it would have been better if he was just the bad guy, and then all the stuff that we spent forever talking about was maybe sprinkled in down the road. Yeah, as opposed because. Instead, what you had was you didn't really have an Ant-Man movie. You just had yeah. a movie that happened it's to have sequel. that. It's Avengers. a sequel. To, it's you another know. episode of the Marvel Cinematic Universe is yeah. how I've so, been putting it since Civil War. I feel like since Civil War, yeah. these movies haven't become their own thing. There are now like just sequels to an ongoing TV series. Yeah. DC, on the other hand, is at least got a good grasp of like, yeah, we're going to try to structure this like a TV show. But now we can be like, oh, we're going to just start really good movies. And from what Gunn's saying is he's like, I'm going to write really good scripts like we're gonna start with really good stories and that's how we're gonna go about this we're not gonna just shelve out crap we're gonna like write really good scripts and i think this is kind of one of the starts of those like this is a really well written story it's very specific the only thing connecting that you kind of need to know besides the end credit stuff is like wonder woman's dad is zeus which is like 
such a like I could explain it very quick and you kind of get it, but you don't really need to understand it that well. You're like, she has powers, I get it. Yeah. But that's it. Like it's not I, I don't necessarily need to see Wonder Woman to understand this movie. Yeah. So and, and then where it doesn't work all that well is that you again it, because they're following Marvel and, and it's only natural. Like I, I appreciate the the mid credit and the end credit. I, yeah. I like that. I like that they structure stuff like that. Um, uh, I always, I love just random movies that put something at the end after the credits, yeah. like nothing having to do with Marvel, just a, any, you know, good fellas. I, I just starting it out as an example. I, I, that doesn't have anything at the end, but if a movie like just as random as Goodfellas just has something after the credits, I always think that's fun. I, that's something that I check for every time I yeah. watch a movie. Um, for them to do that and then to, to use it, to utilize that space, I think is, is great. With this, they they wasted it on a on like the whatever again. Who you already told us who those people are, and I was like, I'm like, I, eh. if As you want, you need to watch Peacemaker. If you want to watch sure, a good sure, superhero show, whatever. go watch Peacemaker. You'll sure. like it. But that should have that should have been occupied. It was it wasn't even a good scene anyway. It should have that space right. Yeah, that should have been reserved for uh, a final something with the kids or whatever. Like it should have been specific to Shazam. We didn't need to see him get recruited into whatever that organization is because it, it wasn't really that a big deal anyway. It was just like, hey, you want in? Yeah, okay, done. Uh, as opposed to doing something, one last fun thing with the kids in the lair or something, you know? Yeah. Um, and and that's, that's where it's kind of, uh, that's where it's frustrating when they do, like when they do the, the cross movie stuff, the whole point of an extended universe, when they do that well, you're like, yeah, this is great when they waste it like that, you go, you know, cause well, I don't I know. And here's the thing. I don't know if that's going to be wasted because again, like, I don't know. No, but like is, I'm saying it's wasted. Cause it was just kind of pointless. You know, we it, don't it, know it, that. If, like that's what got, I'm saying is we don't know that for sure. Though. If he got pulled into whatever organization and then they make a movie about that. They you might, you, but they you might do that. But my point is you didn't need it, that scene at all. Even, even if they, that happens later, yeah, we didn't need to see that scene. If he's in that organization, we would just understand that they recruited him. But it wasn't an entertaining scene. It wasn't fun. It wasn't funny. And it it was uh, it would have been better used just something specific to Shazam. Instead, yeah. it's like, hey, do you want? Whereas when they did that with uh, when the MCU did that with um, recruiting Iron Man, you know, it was like introducing the whole idea of an extended universe sure. so um so it was necessary because it was like the first you know jump in the pond but uh with this it was it was just like a waste of of space is what i'm yeah. saying it would have been better to do some kind of fun shazam antics you know uh something more specific to this movie so that's where that stuff is just like and i think you doing? and i are going to have a difference of opinion just because our backgrounds like i like comic book movies a lot i don't know if you're a huge comic book movie guy you, you see more like movies first first then comics i like comic book i i'm starting to come around more to like just liking movies exclusively but i i like comic books as well as much as movies I've read maybe i grow i've written i've read many comic books i've written a comic book like i you know i like comics like it's it's cool uh yeah it's i, it, I like superheroes i like weird superhero lore i like all that stuff and I like seeing it in movies. I just do think we're starting to see, especially with this last round of MCU movies specifically, not just DCU, but MCU, that we're seeing kind of like a, a really bad drag in the whole formula. And we're starting to see cracks in it. And I feel like this is the opportune time where DC is going to try to 
start just making really good movies. So I'm just hopeful for the future. I yeah, I, I'm just hopeful yeah. for the future. If it's bad, it's bad. Was, but whenever that was, like five years ago, whenever yeah. the Batman v Superman came out, I, I and and I know it's I don't call the shots. Uh, I just remember at the time. Again, it's easier for me to say, but I remember at the time being like, okay, this is all garbage. What you yeah. have to do now is just start over. Start over now. Don't don't keep trying to fix it. Just reset it now. This is five years ago, six years ago. Stop. Start just making one-off movies again. Just focus on, just like James Gunn is saying, like we're just gonna make uh, really start with really good scripts. Forget about this extended universe crap. While you're making those, have another team, you know, a Feige, who I guess is now Gunn, start thinking up long-term. And what's gonna happen is, at some point, Marvel's gonna take a downturn, and that's right when you're gonna be catching your stride, right? Yeah. Think 10 years down the road. Don't think two years down the road, 10 years down the road, 20 years down the road just like they are. And you don't need to catch up. You just need to bide your time and trust in the properties and the characters. But instead it's run by the fucking WB board or whatever. And yeah. everything is about the next quarter, you know, the next quarter's earnings and the bottom line, you know, this year and not 10 years. They want the money now. They don't want it down the road. Exactly. So it was just like, it was just like watching this train wreck in slow motion. Like, can't you just stop? Just stop. Yeah. Just stop. So I'm, I'm now they've learned the hard way, which anybody could have predicted. So uh, I, I agree. I, it's like because um, in the beginning it was, oh, we've got the, the, the guy who made 300 and Watchmen is going to team up with the guy who made the uh, um, the Dark Knight trilogy. My God, this is going to be great. And then they, you know, they just dropped the ball over time and uh, seeing them try again. Who doesn't want to see them try again? But it's just it's still going to be controlled by the board of WB unless they, you know, if, if unless James Gunn can prove to be this Lord and Savior who can just really uh, yeah. keep tabs on this whole thing and really do right by it. But, you know, I, Kevin Feige had made movies forever leading up until uh, yeah. Iron Man. So so it's James Gunn, of course. But in, did in you, you want to hear a fun words. fact about Kevin Feige real quick? What? He was a an assistant to the director of you got mail and that's yeah. like how he got his start and then became started becoming an assistant and moved into being a producer but yeah he started I, I watched that movie the other day with my wife and we were like and i was like okay that's kevin feige and i looked it up it's the same kevin feige funny wow uh yeah. nico saying that like superhero movies and westerns i don't completely agree with this there's a lot more math if you look at it that westerns were way more saturated than superhero movies are today but it's, I, but I think people like make people I love to make that that uh, people love to make that connection, and I'm like, mm, we'll see. We always keep like saying that, that but it hasn't happened. It is like that with anything, you know. Anything. And then again, Western, bad, yeah. You know, but, so yeah, he's not wrong. It's it's like the biggest thing, and and then it starts to, and we all know the story. It it, yeah. it there's so many iterations that it then just like Bond. There's so many spy movies. That then somebody starts to parody it, and then that, and then nothing is fresh anymore. And so yeah. uh, the there the there, there are definitely like the trends, the yeah. Parody but, it all starts to. But run I feel like with superhero movies, superhero movies have been on, going on and on for all the way back to the seventies, and they haven't really stopped. I mean, there there was like lull periods and stuff, but they they've caught they kept going. Same with westerns, but like yeah. the saturation, I guess, is what people are talking about. But even the saturation in westerns is not the same as what would if you actually lived during the times and knew how many Westerns were coming out every single day and plus TV shows, it was, 
it's much different than than today. I think when when you look at comparison. So, uh, do you want to start? Do do you want to start wrapping this up? I don't know where you're at. If you had any more stuff you wanted I'm, to talk about, I agree that it uh, for me the again the highest I was going to go was three, just because this movie is complete. Even again, not perfect. Uh, it, there's again, th there might be a, a really good three hour cut out there that kind of covers everything, but it, 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 that didn't mean that the third act, well, okay. I do. Uh, I have to say this. Okay. Um, everything I have ever said about Halle Berry, same applies copy paste for Lucy Lou. She fine mommy, but my God, was she terrible in this movie? <laughs> like, like I, I, I maybe halfway through, she started to be like, okay, she's fine. But the first half, I was, I was doing a lot of like Halle Berry reactions where I was just going, oh, you know, because, and thank God Helen Mirren's right there to like, yeah. like every time I was going, oh my God, Helen Mirren would just suddenly just become like Shakespearean. I was like, thank God for you. Thank God for you. Now you, you will know. die. Like, thankfully, Lucy Liu was the bad one who yeah. got, you know, like killed in the end. Uh, so at least it was like, had their roles been switched, it would have been just like, oh yeah. my goodness. But there was, there was, I think there's a line in the trailer that I was like, wait, what? Like, uh, like I, I had a little bit of a Chucky Rance reaction and I was like, hold on. Uh, I will say this about Lucy Liu though. Like I had a t-shirt that says body by crafty. Which I guess is a Florida joke for a couple, or LA joke because it's, I'm, you're you're getting fat for meeting craft That's services. Cool. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And she saw that I wore that shirt and she laughed. She thought that was funny. She actually like I walked by me and she's I'm like, sure she's That's a fantastic funny. person. Yeah, I no, I, I have nothing wrong person. to say about her. I'm sure, she's a like okay. There, there. I, I, I don't remember where I heard this. Maybe this is a common thing. I have no idea, but. Uh, I remember the story wherever the hell it comes from um, of uh, Charlie's Angels, right? She was one of the Charlie's Angels in the, you know, the revival years, like yeah. 20 years ago. And um, there's she, a story about uh, her and Bill Murray. The, the, yeah. The Bill, the classic Bill Murray story where he says, I know why you're here, Drew Barrymore. I know why you're here, Cameron Diaz. But why the fuck are you here? You're terrible to Lucy Liu. And apparently she punched him or something. And uh, you know, just like Halle Berry, maybe she's not terrible in absolutely everything she's in across the board, but in this, like specifically in this movie, it was it was rough. It was I, I think she was just horribly miscast. I don't think she should be playing, you know, like a like a Greek goddess, you know, whereas Helen Mirren is born to play a role like that. Yeah. She's she's Shakespearean. She's like um she's like the female Patrick Stewart, you know? So yeah. I would, uh, I would, yeah, I'd make that, that. That's a good, that's a good analogy. Yeah. So it, it's just, it's like, you know, again, Lucy Lou, I'm sure you're a beautiful person and mommy, but all the same, I'll be on and Lucy Lou's get on the floor. Hey, anyway, she, so, she's in a, she's in a song, in a song there. So. Yeah. 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 You Which know means what? your opinion, <laughs> you know what, Charlie, that means your opinion doesn't matter. Andre Ice Cold 3000 likes her okay so that means she's 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 she can do no wrong yeah but um but no she's uh i think she's uh, good in bill i think she's good in kill bill i think she's oh, actually yeah, pretty good in yeah kill yeah bill. i mean kill bill is is top-notch so shit. i don't like she the, she was cast well in kill bill but in this she should she should not have been in this role you know i think she just i think she has a very um like i 
Halle Berry there, can do. There's fine a little bit of that. There's a little bit of like playing no. like over. Well, yeah, there's a little bit of like you have to that, that hardest kind of that Drax energy from Guardians of the Galaxy where you take everything you you have no sense of humor and you take everything really seriously, yeah. and that's the kind of character she, I think she's trying okay. to play. Fix, but it doesn't fix, make not fix, come across fix, that way. My fix, my fix. She should have not had any lines. She should have had zero lines except for when she goes up to somebody and, and she starts because what she would do is she has the power of chaos, so she would go up to people and she would she would she would she would, she would just stop and then they would. They would suddenly they just would start killing themselves said. or killing other people or whatever. And I and I'm sure that's not practical because at a certain point she does need to say something, I guess. Yeah. But but she should there's, never have said anything. Like there's she should have just one, I think all there's, of her lines. I think for me there was one moment. There was like maybe one line when she's riding that dragon that I felt that way. But for most of the movie, I did not feel that way. So I Okay. I, you know, I, 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 to an extent, I kind of agree with you, but like, it, I was pulling most my of the movie. Out. I didn't think it was, was the worst. I was, I was, I just kept going. Oh, like I kept, I kept like making noises, you know, in the, th yeah. if I wasn't laughing my ass off at certain jokes, I was just going, Oh, you know? Yeah. But, and, and then, and then, and you know, I'm like, ah, but it's just comic book movie. But then Helen Mirren would walk in. I'd be like, see, even in a comic book movie, she could like, she Helen Mirren does not belong in this movie. She's too good no. for this movie, and so but she I was doesn't. Like, but she's you. she's here for that paycheck, and she's but she's gonna bring her all. She she like she classed the joint up, you know. You she know. just like Lucy Liu's flying by on a dragon, and and Helen Mirren like just has to just lay on the floor, and and she's still killing. <laughs> she's, still still, she's stealing the seat. Lucy yeah. Liu is flying on a fire-breathing blue dragon that runs off of made out of wood made out of and wood made out of helen mirren is laying there dying <laughs> stealing the scene from her so that's that says enough that says enough sure that's okay. nothing personal lucy you're you're beautiful mommy anyway Ooh. yeah next week john fucking wick people so next week john wick i will uh I have to catch up on the movie. I've already I rewatched the first one. It's the only one I hadn't. I haven't seen the second or third one. I think I've seen parts of the second one. I haven't seen the third one, so I've got to catch up. Hang on, I need to renumber the list. Don't mind yeah, you, me. Yeah, I need a better. Program. If anybody out there has a better system for us, that would make it really easy for Charlie to just go. Exactly. We're always because when we, get, uh, when we get when we get fifteen, when we get to twenty. 20 what yeah. is it 20 21 yeah. is is our halfway park he's I'll gonna have a, to something else at that he's point. gonna I'll, have a I'll tough just, time I'll put it into notes i'll just use notes or something and maybe by that point i'll actually try to film the the new intro for the show so yeah. we're not using yeah. a record which has no makes no sense within the context of yeah, what we talk about of course it does no it doesn't okay fine um anyway so uh i i i think i'm i'm sure i know, I'll, I'll wake up in a cold sweat uh tonight and i'll be like oh god i didn't say thing but uh yeah but there's just, there's just all and there's i guarantee you guys like there are tons of comic book reference stuff that like if you want to know someone's going to make a video about the flaming violin and all the little knickknacks and doodads like, yeah, in the movie like that like that was the flaming violin joke is just spot like we don't know what it does. Like just the random stuff like that yeah. was so just plugged into the the little kid not just being way way over in way over his head like that. I just 
I love I love how they have all these little rooms and stuff. I loved like like yeah, that the, that book the set he, that was so cool. He's trying to map out all of the doors to he's figure. He's like, out I went to that place and it, there was some labyrinth. I love the like the porter potty joke where they're like the the smell lingered and then yeah. she's like, wait, I smell it. And like, yeah, or even even okay was, down to down to uh, something as simple as um, uh, there's a there's a blue dome. The, the, so the 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 goddesses have put a blue dome around the entire city of Philadelphia, and uh, nobody can get in or out. And they're because that's what happened to them, right? So so they're getting revenge, and um, so they they send a letter to the goddesses saying, "Hey, which uh, the letter we don't need to even talk about. That that's a great joke in and of itself." Um, Lucy Liu horribly delivers the line of what is this Gatorade? You know, like just whatever, whatever. <laughs> but, uh, but fast forward and he's sitting at a steak, uh, a cheesesteak place. And he's just sitting there. Uh, Billy is as Shazam. He's just sitting there and this guy walks up. He's like, he's like, yo, Shazam, you're going to do something <laughs> about this blue thing. And he's like, I'm, I'm working on it, man. He's like, looks like you're just getting a sandwich. And he's like, I'm no, the sandwich. Like, uh, it's there's a, there's a reason I'm getting this sandwich. And the guy's like, whatever. And he walks off. And then Helen Mirren is just uh, is sitting there. And the whole thing is that they're having a little parlay, right? Where like, um, yeah. uh, they're, they're sitting down to a steak, uh, a cheesesteak to talk terms and to maybe find peace. And, uh, but the, the idea, again, it's, it's the way a kid works is like, I'll buy her a sandwich and we'll sit down and talk, you know, like, the obvious joke there being to spell it out is like, you know, no, no legitimate superhero would do that. But that's the, the that's what's so fun about this is that it's it's just a high school kid. He's like, I'll just buy this goddess a, a cheesesteak, you know, like that. And that whole <laughs> pervades the whole uh, uh, both movies. Right. And and yeah. that's the, the and again, um, without reiterating the whole point on screen it's like this movie nailed its essence again and it upped the stakes right it just like bigger movie not as complete as the first one but just as fun and funny and also has a little girl yelling out taste the rainbow motherfucker as best <laughs> thing ever like it's, just, like it's just that that worked so well for me so yeah i, I loved it, yeah. it. I'm glad you worked on it it was uh it was a good was movie fun to watch. i'm glad i'm grateful i got to work on it it was good yeah. Warner Brothers, don't so, sue me or, you have, or send me assistance, please. <laughs> do you have anything else? Uh, we talked about from like behind the scenes or just anything that I thought about. There was one thing that I thought about that I was I was like, I'm surprised you never said anything about was after that Helen Mirren scene, there's some fights and then they capture her. And then they're like, it was too easy to capture her. She wanted to be captured, which has become like a little bit of a trope in a lot of blockbusters yeah, with the Dark Knight. People they just, say, oh, the, the, uh, you're just copying Dark Knight. Like, Dark or Knight Skyfall. That trope. Which Skyfall was, was you know, not Part of that trope. Yeah, they time, did that. I think, like, but the thing is, I think that. even... I think it still works in this movie because she's like, she does put up a fight with them. So either way, like yeah. she wins the fight, she wins the fight, but if she doesn't, she still gets the seat of, of Atlas is what their, their, the villain's ultimate goal is. Uh, so like yeah. they, you know, it, it works. I think, I, I don't think it, it yeah, ruins again, the movie. Anybody, like, anybody who just, oh, dark Knight, dark, dark Knight didn't invent that trope. It, it just, it didn't. That's just, it, it used it beautifully. Maybe, maybe it hadn't been used yeah. in a while. But like, 
that doesn't yeah. mean that only Dark Knight is allowed to use it. They use it here, and and it makes sense because, of again, the if the whole story is that they're all a bunch of more or less inexperienced children, then yeah. they're like, yeah, we did it, we did it. But anybody with any kind of wisdom or experience would be like, that was a little too easy. Uh, and also, if we just put this goddess in a in a in a, a cage. She's going to find a way to get out. We should at least yeah. post someone to watch her. But it works because they're just a bunch of kids who who um, uh, are easily duped or easily tricked into thinking that they won the day when they really didn't. Yeah. So, again, it all goes back to the essence of the story, which is that these are all kids. And uh, and that's that's it's that's what's so fun. You know, again, I, I, I do wish that the kids sometimes better reflected their counterparts. But uh, but I'm not I'm not going to be too you know, it, it is it is odd that uh, the the whole Billy thing though it, it, it's fine with if the other kids don't but the fact that Billy, uh, Shazam Billy and Billy 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 the kid I guess is the best way to put it, um, <laughs> Billy the kid yeah, uh, speaking of westerns um, uh, it is odd that they didn't reflect each other better. Um, and, I and think that was. I think I've seen common. A lot of people have said that about this movie so far. Yeah. As far as I, I didn't really read a lot of reviews, but from what people are saying is that Zachary Levi plays too too immature at times, and I don't I think, think it's should. the same. He should, and then and then Billy the kid maybe should have reflected him. Yeah. He, 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 he could have been more nervous. But I think he, it's he just we never got a lot of scenes. We we just did. We only got maybe one or two scenes with normal Billy, and I think that's probably why it just doesn't. It doesn't read that well. Like we, we maybe those, should have gotten another couple, couple scenes. Couple, yeah, in those in those few scenes, he was very serious, and maybe the time called for it. But it, it we needed um, in the same way that in the opening they kind of do a quick recap, you know, where the therapist is like, "Well, why don't you tell me your damage?" And he's like, "Well, yeah, okay, I was abandoned at this and uh, abandoned at that, and I got and I watched uh, a wizard die and blah blah blah, like all this all his trauma." Uh, that's a, that's uh, a way of catching us up, right? Like just like a refresher of what happened in the in the last movie. Um, yeah. And even if there had that uh, had that been uh, immediately followed up by a scene with Billy where he is kind of like being childish, I think they just cut to them playing video games, and it's just very he's just chill. But when he's shazammed, he's very he's very like this. He's very yeah. ha, 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 you know, and and. It would have it would have helped anchor it, but again, I'm not gonna like be super no. strict on it. I'm I'm not gonna dock the movie for that. No, because so, it is fun. It and and so I like movie. the way Levi plays it, even though sometimes it's a little over the top, but but it should be. Yeah. So, uh, okay, John Wick next week, uh, McCurdy. Uh, this is your show, man. If you got anything else you want to say Marsh. about, um, um, I don't have. I honestly don't have much more to say um i think we're gonna toast i we we talked about the toast today because i mean we could have toasted jack grazer who has really great performance we're gonna toast to helen mirren she she has a really great performance but i think really it lies down with david f F. sandberg for a number of reasons i think it's really cool that he is a filmmaker of this day and age that is kind of a start from the bottom now we're here kind of kind of filmmaker i mean they use that the trailers right uh for the for this movie david and he has like you know he started making like no budget short films which i you know i i i'm doing that now right like i'm making small short films and now he's like working on big budget features and he's made this movie yeah you know and he but he brings like 
a sense of humor to these movies. And yeah, I know there's a screenwriter and they write a lot of this stuff, but like to capture and make sure you get the right beats and everything in that, like he really captures all of that in this movie. And I think he just does yeah. a really great job of like honing in that kid humor uh, yeah. with the seriousness and how they combat each other. And it, like, it just does such a great job. And it, I think it's just really cool that, uh, yeah, I just think he, and he seems like a really nice guy. Every When I met him, he was really cool. I think it's also really cool that he has his own YouTube channel where he's just like, talks about making movies and talks about like his own hey this is what i did on shazam one or like you could go to his channel now like after you watch this video check out some of his stuff on pony smasher on youtube he has a lot of really cool videos about just making movies i don't know if uh, he's messing with us but nans this is the director, director yeah david f sandberg pay uh, attention god when he's not nans here, doesn't he care just, nans ugh. Yeah, man. Uh, but yeah, you need to check. I think you should check more stuff about him. I I haven't seen uh, Annabelle Creations or Lights Out, but I'm I'm probably need due to watch both of those movies. Yeah. Uh, but we'll see what he comes up with next. If he's not doing a Shazam three, you know, he might be doing something else, and I'm I'm there for it. You know. Yeah. He's got some good cred now. You know. Yeah. He he hasn't uh, made a again. I haven't seen Lights Out or Annabelle Creation, but from everything I've heard, it's you know. <laughs> Thing, first thing you want to uh, assume is that Annabelle creation is going to be terrible, but uh, goodbye horses. But um, uh, but from everything I've heard, it's like no, no, no. It's actually good. It's a it's actually surprisingly good. So yeah, um, uh, probably have to play catch up on those. But uh, and and that's the thing for everything that I talked about in you know in the casino episode or whatever that you know there's a reason why a lot of the best directors are total assholes. Uh, and again, not just to be an asshole, but more so being very strict. Like you know, yeah. a asshole almost implies that they're just mean for the sake of being mean, or they're 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 too Hollywood. I mean, no, no, no. It's being strict, and it's not taking no for an answer, and it's fighting for your vision, right? And if that means you're an asshole, you're an asshole. But if you can do that and not be mean or an asshole, if you can, you know, like a Spielberg. Nobody ever sees Spielberg as being a prick on set it's like he's too good for that right it's like it's like tom hanks being a, a prick it's like uh, yeah know. it doesn't work on it's not work on you bro. He's, he's he's uh america's uh, uh america's dad heart you know um yeah my uh real, okay real, sorry real quick before we get off uh my buddy hit me up recently and said um he said dude i just had a thought tom hanks you never see him you know bang like you never see him like making out with anyone or like really like kiss, even kissing. You never really see any of that. And I said, I said, yeah, dude, that's a great point. He's like, he's, it's like America put him in the friend zone or something, you know, like, 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 Hey, look, Tom, we love you. We love, we love you like a little brother. Right. But we don't ever want to watch you fuck. Okay. We never want to see you like kiss. Cause that would be like watching my brother kiss. Like, ew, gross. It's like, Tom Hanks is in America's friend zone <laughs> and he'll never be out of it. But anyway, well, he was, in, he was in, in the movie. I just referred with Kevin Feige. He, he kisses Meg Ryan in that movie. He kisses Meg Ryan, in like three I'm different sure he movies. He does in whatever romantic comedy, but like how long ago was that? Nowadays, like, okay. Know, okay. Today. Know. All right. I got yeah, like over the last like couple decades, you know, you don't sure. really, he is, he is America's sweetheart, but he's in the friend zone. You know, you're not what you're not. Uh, he's not sexiest man alive. And you know, uh, pounding away on uh, Anna de Armas or, or whatever, but uh, yeah, right. Anyway, back to David, back to David, finish your toast. Let's uh, David, 
F. Sandberg. Uh, to uh, David F. Sandberg. Yeah, that's how he. That's yeah. Name. Funny movies, sir. We enjoy them. Good. Good night, y'all. If I can find. Good night. Found. Good night.